Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, happy Saturday, episode 927. I'm going to just call this the interview week. Because we're gonna we're interviewing Tyler today and tomorrow. Um, you're gonna love the stuff that he talks about. He's so he knows his basketball so well, and uh, I'm, I was always in tr- I'm intrigued by where he's coaching. It's it's one of the reasons that kind of stuck out to me when I first when he when I first reached out to him. But um, I'll leave that for the interview. But before we do that, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, um, Dr. Dish. Go over and check out Dr. Dish. They are where you want to be. Um, they are the one-stop shop for for basketball coaches. They're a little bit of everything. Um, you know, just go over and check it out. Um, I do not think you'll be disappointed. Um, it will be everything you need to become a better basketball coach. Um, also, go over and uh, check out ttubes.com. Uh, that is also everything you need to become a better basketball coach. But this, you know, this one's going to help you win games. Dr. Dish is going to help you win games. Teachhoops.com uh, is also going to help you win games in a different way because it's going to give you a roadmap and a little bit of everything you need to take it, take your coaching to the next level. So go over and check it out and let's head off to the podcast. One. All right. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. And I was, I was, telling, I was telling Tyler before we come on, I have no idea what episode this is going to be. You'll be less than a thousand. I'm at like early nine hundreds at this point. But um, so Tyler, I'm going to have you introduce yourself and kind of tell your basketball journey, um, kind of where it started, and we can walk all the way through to where you're coaching now, and we can talk about some of the some of the stuff you're doing now, and then uh, and then we'll talk some hoops. I got some. I got some. I got about thirty five questions. We won't get through them all, but I got lots of different questions to ask you. So I'm going to turn it over to you, introduce yourself, and just kind of tell people your basketball journey. Perfect. Well, thanks again, Steve, for having me on. I love this podcast, and I love a lot of what you do is teaching coaches how to coach this game that we all love. Um, but, yeah, giving you a little background on me, my name's Tyler Whitcomb. I'm the athletic director and boys varsity basketball coach at West Michigan Aviation Academy. 
Uh, my journey is a little different. Okay, so before I, we even, I usually don't cut off this fast. So tell me the name of that school and what that means. <laughs> sure. So West Michigan Aviation Academy, it's a school that's very unique. It's a charter school, so it's open to the public. But it's okay. a school that's owned by Dick DeVos, and he's you know part owner of the Orlando Magic. And basically when he lost, when he was run for governor in the state of Michigan, he lost, he had a little bit of time on his hands. And he said, I'm going to put my two, my two true passions together and it's aviation and uh, academics. So basically he started a charter school where we teach kids to fly and it started off at 80 students. Now we're at over 600. Um, and basically one third of our school goes into that route and kids get their pilot license before their driver's license. Some of them. It's an amazing Can school. you fly? And I mean, we get, yeah. What's that? Can you fly? I cannot fly. No, well, I, I wonder if you had your are... aviation license. No, no, I wish. It's uh, The sad thing is I'm kind of scared when it comes to that. I'll have basketball players that will, you know, be in the aviation program and they'll say, Mr. Whitcomb, please come fly with us. You know, you know, I'm just like, I don't really trust a 17 year old flying. You know, I'm just not not there. I wish I was, but that's why you have great. Well, I'm not there. What are you talking about? I just took my 16 year old daughter out and we got up to 55. I thought my life was flashing. No. Are you kidding me? Um, so is that is 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 he the husband of the former education secretary? Yep. Yeah, he is. OK, OK, OK. okay. I knew I recognized the name. Um, and where where is it located? It's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. OK, OK. Wow. Yeah. That's yep. really that's really grown. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, we're amazed by it. Cause like five years ago I came in and it was, you know, I hate to say it, but it's hard to be an athletic director and a basketball coach anymore. And I almost need it, you know, and I love basketball. So I want to coach. So it's like a perfect fit to where I can do both. It's not too big to where it's, it's impossible. And then it's, it's kind of the right fit, but it's a, it's a very unique school. It's um, we also have an engineering department that stemmed through the university of Michigan and we teach 17 engineering classes from like biomed to aerospace engineering. And it is, uh, we have teach 13 classes that aren't taught at any other high school in the United States. And it's just, and so what, if I, if I live in Grand Rapids, I want to go to that school. How do I go to that school? You just apply, you just apply by February 26. We have a lottery system. Oh, it's if a lottery. Okay. Sibling in there, you're, you're automatically grandfathered in, but we do a lottery system on March 5 and, there's a waiting list for kids that don't get in and we just, you know, we just put you in as, and what, as you and is it, is it, is it K through 12? Um, nope. It's actually just nine through 12. Just nine through 12. Just a high school. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Perfect. All right. Keep going. I'm sorry. It was just, it's just, it's probably one of the more interesting names I've seen for high school. So that's why I knew there had to be a backstory. I didn't know what it was. Oh but. yeah. No, and it's, yeah. it's unique in the fact, too, is so this fall, we won three out of the four sports that were offered in our conference, and, and our total GPA for all the sports was a 4.1. So, I mean, ah. it's, yeah, it's nuts. We get, I mean, the academics are really stressed at the school. It's just and amazing. And do kids want to go into the military or they want to be commercial pilots? Kind of both. It's um, It used to start off just military, but now it's it's honestly starting to favor more towards commercial um as the years go on let's it's, hope, let's hope commercial flights are still around in three years it's like oh my gosh i know i know yeah <laughs> no one's flying but uh, it's, okay it's unique it's a, it's yeah i love that okay so go back to but, your go yeah, back to, so, I, yeah, yeah no sure sir sure sorry so yeah, i no. started off at kalamazoo community college it's uh uh junior college in kalamazoo it's about 40 minutes from grand rapids 
I coached under Coach Schiltz, Dick Schiltz. He's in the Hall of Fame. He was Western Michigan's coach back when Magic Johnson played for Michigan State. So this is a long time ago. Well, I, trust fired. me, I've been, my, my wife's aunt lives in Kalamazoo. That's oh. one of her places. And so I've, I've, I've driven by that. I've driven by that. I swear I've driven by it. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice campus, you know. The and Kalamazoo he, Promise. He Don't you have fired. the Kalamazoo Promise? Like every kid that yeah. graduates gets to go to college. Yeah. yeah. Gets to go to college. Yeah, I know Derek Jeter's behind that because he grew up at – he went to Kalamazoo Central. Um, yeah, so it's a unique – Greg Jennings went there to Kalamazoo Central as well. So they get a lot of uh, a lot of athletes. Isaiah Livers, that's at Michigan. He, uh, he went to Kalamazoo Central as well. But there's a lot of backing in the Kalamazoo – area um but yeah so he got let go and he was devastated and he ended up staying he was like you know what i'll be the athletic director and basketball coach at Collins valley and you know he didn't realize that he was going to be there for 30 years and win almost 700 games so right. that was the guy <laughs> under yeah and then the girls coach was terrific too coach welch he's in the hall of fame and he's won a national title there so i just had those two at a young age you know i was kind of the behind the scenes guy and then you know from there you you start you know i was because back then it was girls and boys were different times of the season. So I was very fortunate to where I could coach girls, then boys, and then AAU. So I was pretty much coaching year round from the age of 22 to about 25, 26. Well, think um, of all that. I mean, that basically accelerated you when you got all that in. It's like, holy it cow. Did. Yeah. yeah. And you don't know, you don't know at that age, you know, you're just kind of learning as you go and you're, you're trying to, you know, get advice from other people. And, you know, yeah, years I think later, back to my early twenties when I was just like, Oh, I'll coach that. Oh, I'll do that. Yeah. I don't have anything else to do. I'll do that. It's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And I mean, honestly, I'm one of those guys. I'm such a basketball junkie where I'm sure you are too. I would coach all the time, but it's now I have a family and it's, you know, it's a little bit harder to do them kind of things that you enjoy all the time. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, so I did that. And then I was, it's kind of strange as I was the youngest professional sports owner. I, I bought a team called the Grand Rapids Flight. And when I say I bought a team, like I was broke at that time. I just scrunched five grand together to put the money down on it. Then I raised money to start this. But it was a IBL team and we owned the Grand Rapids Flight and I formed an ownership group. And, you know, we had some good, we had Ed McCants from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We ended up getting some pretty good players for that level. Uh, we even had Sun Ming Ming, the tallest player ever at one time. Um, and then we started a second franchise the next year, the Holland Blast. And out of the 29 teams, we had both teams in the final four. So we had a lot of success early, but it's kind of that honeymoon phase with minor league basketball. As you know, it just doesn't stick around for whatever reason. It's people get bored of it and then it goes down to where, you know, you're just barely surviving. So we got out of it right at the right time. And and then I, it gave me the opportunity to get back into coaching, and I started coaching a varsity girls team at Tri-Unity Christian. Uh, it's a school where Chris Kamen played uh, his high school basketball at, um, played there or coached there for a couple of years, had some success, loved coaching girls basketball. Um, and then, you know, at that point, my kids were getting older, and I wanted to coach some youth football and be around my kid more. So I stepped away, and then the next year I got kind of pumped back into the school system that my son was at. So I just kind of started off as a JV coach. And, and where was um, that? Uh, Granville High School. It's actually I keep name I keep name dropping, but Devin Booker went there. We've had okay. a lot of pretty good players in the area before he moved to. And then where was that located? It was in Michigan. Yep, in Michigan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the story behind Booker is he was all, he was in Grand Rapids until sophomore year. Then he moved with his dad, I think to Missouri or Mississippi, one of the two where he played high school ball. 
Okay. But then, yeah, I coached there, loved it. Um, I was kind of one of those late guys getting your college degree. I have four kids of my own, got my college degree, became an athletic director and went over to West Michigan Aviation Academy. And I've been, this is my fifth year as the athletic director and my fourth year as the boys varsity basketball coach. That's awesome. And do you see yourself staying there? Yeah, I actually really love the atmosphere. So I, I, it's one of those, you know, it's a rare school to where will we ever get a ton of basketball talent? No. And it was always my dream to coach this big time program, but now it's the older I get. It's, I just enjoy giving back to the game, being around it, learning all the time. And I just love these kids. Like I love their, how they, you know, put academics first, they're intelligent kids. You can run a different bunch of different stuff so we can throw, 20 sets at him. Well, you can't do that at every other school. You know, I mean, I'm telling you, a lot I, I, uh, they, I've done some interviews with, um, uh, well, I've had, I, I went to Dartmouth and my, some of my players went to Dartmouth and anyway, doesn't matter. And my son's going to a little Ivy, which is Middlebury. Anyway, I've interviewed some of those coaches in that league. And I said, yeah. you guys have the best league ever in division three, because you got smart kids that can play. Yep. Oh my goodness. Like now, Division one, like the Ivy's a little different because they're division one and blah, blah, blah. But you know, you, you know, the NASDAQ or the little Ivy's is like, wow, that's like the perfect mix, you know? Um, yep. And that's what you have. I mean, you have smart kids, smart kids and they yeah. can play basketball, you know? <laughs> yeah, It's fun. It's just fun being around. Like you can throw different stuff. It's, you can talk to them. Like I said, in the beginning of practice, you can sit and have a meeting with them. They'll tell you what's going on, what's working, what's not. Can we change this up? It's kind of fun. Um, but also you'll run into your challenges a year. Cause we always try to play up a little bit and you'll play a team that you just, you have no, and now how do they do the flying? Does that cause proper problems with practice? It can, it has in years past. Um, just because, you know, they'll have, they'll have a flight that day and it's, you know, you're building everything up to games and, you know, it's hard if a kid misses a practice, it's tough to, you know, what he misses that day. It could be a, you're scouting a team for your next game or, right. you know, remembered at first it was kind of a challenge then I started getting a little bit more um creative with it so like if I knew what when their flights were um we could rearrange practice with a different you know whether I'm telling be- you, nothing irritates me more than when people don't like I I remember a conversation last year with my one of my guys and it's like well I gotta go do this visit or I gotta go I go you can't tell me the day before like if you'd have told right. me four three days ago I would have, we could have practiced in the morning. I can make things, I can pr- switch with the girl. We can make things work if I know. Nothing irritates me more than that. It's right. Like, and it's like, I try to like, hopefully we have a good enough relationship where they can t- talk to me. I think they're scared. I go, I will work with you, but I can't work with you if I don't know. That is, <laughs> that is true. And it's funny as some kids, you'll get some kids that are just excellent at communicating. And then you'll have some that, their mom will email me 10 minutes before practice. And I'm, you know, and I'll set them aside like, hey, this is not acceptable. You know, I mean, what happens is what I tell them is like, all of a sudden you've decided to do this. Well, that's your decision. Great. I understand. But the kids that are here are going to play because they're here. Like I'm going to, I'm going to reward the kids that are here. Now I would have worked with you if, you know, um, but I mean, oh my gosh, I know I can't, I can't. It's one of those things. It's like, just drives me bonkers. Um, Yeah. Yeah, we had a kid two years ago that went and had his eyes tested the day of a major game in our conference, which I still can't believe this happened. And right before the game, he tells me he can't play. And our, di- they're dilated. Yeah. So our game plan was 
him being the top of our one, two, two, because he's six, four. And we kind of changed things up. I'm just staring at him like, this is it's incredible. So, you know, at that time, I didn't want to, I wanted to focus on the game, but that next day I brought him and his mom in and just expressed to him like this, this can't ever happen again. This is crazy. And right. the sad thing is we hit a three pointer at the buzzer and lost because it was after the buzzer. We lost by three. Oh, and it, oh. with him, I'm being serious. We played them late because they're in our conference. We played them later in the year with him in the lineup, and we ended up winning by like 17. So, yeah, it was tough. That's why coaches don't have any hair right there. That's like... <laughs> right. right. <laughs> That's... And he's one of my top flight students. Like, he's a smart kid, too. I'm just like, how does this happen? But... Uh, all right. So, tell me a little bit about your coaching philosophy, if you sure. could describe it. Yeah, so when I first started off, I, you know, I was coached under, you know, Coach Schiltz, and he was kind of a slow it down, execute in the quarter court, which, you know, the games progress differently, which it might come back eventually. But he was one of those guys as an old school flex guy, a little bit of shuffle offense. I read flex. Up. I read flex early in my career, I, too. I honestly, I still think it's all right. I like, I like the sets out of flex. Like you know what it cool. does? I'm telling you, when I had my, like, some of my NBA guys or my pro guys, I yep. did it to slow them down. Yeah. Like it, that, I used it more to control than to like, Hey everybody, hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as I am. Please subscribe and like, uh, leave those five star reviews. Those one star reviews you can, you can leave in your pocket, but go over to Apple and Spotify and wherever you leave reviews or wherever you listen and, and, and tell us what you're thinking. Um, go over and check out teachups.com for coaches who want to get better 14 day free trial. Um, the one-stop shopping, the Netflix for basketball coaches, um, and then also go over and check out our other podcasts, uh, Teacher Side Gig and High School Hoops. P part of the, I love saying this, part of the Coach Market Media Conglomerate. Go over and check it out, and let's head back to the podcast. Okay, let's get a couple swings, because I right. know they can create on the weak side of that, or they can get a right. post up. So it's like, I'm just trying to slow you down, because otherwise it's like, you guys, it's like, it's like blood in the water. It's like, you're like sharks with blood in the water you're just like circling and it's like hold on you know slow down um it does have some good things i agree yeah it's i love running I, we, we run out of a horn set we run just one version of it just because it's it's usually hard for a team to guard that first flex cut but then once you adjust to it it's you know it's it's easier to guard so we like to run it once a game twice a game but i like it but he was just old school in that, you know, little bit of three out, two in, really pump it inside, you know. And the game, it seemed like back in them days, it was predicated around your big. So you played inside out. Your defense was kind of, you know, force everything middle because you had a big in the middle that could take away shots. Now it's kind of starting to go the opposite where you keep the ball out of the middle. And it's just a different game. But back then, I was, I was this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do exactly what we did at Kalamazoo Valley. So my first – 10 years of basketball I was exactly that like I was that guy that slowed it down tried to get four sides tried to execute um you know especially in the quarter court uh defensively you know we really tried to guard every action we were kind of running that Mike Heidemann's pack line where no middle dead front the post and right. we had success with it but the older I got the more and more of the game I just thought kids like to play fast you can score better in transition I don't want teams set up five on five so now I'm more of a, we have basically a secondary break on makes and we have a secondary break on misses. We like to push the ball. We like to run. Well, a lot how of do you do, do you have success with your secondary? We do because what we do with, um, so we run a misdirection 
where it's we have our four and our five set up on a side we swing it to the four he can ball screen for the one two and then all it is is five sets of a misdirection down screen for the three we hit him for a shot and we flash a guy to the middle and we get a lot of i know it sounds simple but we get a lot of open looks from it and then it kind of fits right into our offense that we're running so on and do you number do you do guys know who four and five are or are those interchangeable yep. They uh, they're, they're pretty, inter- they're interchangeable on misses because, you know, depending on who rebounds and who rim runs, right. but on makes, yeah, they know exactly where they're going. We can run it on both sides. Okay. So this is, a, this is, this is, this is intriguing to me. So I, I, so how would you practice that? So they do that on a consistent basis. Quite a bit. I mean, it's one of those, <laughs> our, our made, um, secondary break on off made baskets is actually I mean, from their freshman year, I mean, they're working on this. And it's the funny thing is we can run it to both sides. And then we also have an action where we can fake it and go into the post. Um, and we run a lot of quick high low out of it. So I love it just because it's, you know, off of a misdirection. You go down one side, you swing it, and then it's a quick pin down. Then the weak side does an action whether you can come off. I'd of love to see that. You guys send me that. I'd love to see yeah, that. I'll send it to I, you I like swear it. it's 32 years of me trying to run a secondary with a literally a 13-year pro. I, I, it's either me or it's like, but it, you must press. It, it's got to take a quantity yeah. part of your time. It does. And I used to hate secondary, but so again, going back to my old school, I hated sets. I hated secondary. I was just a strictly four out one in motion guy, you know, now it's like, you know, now it's, I'm running 20. I love sets. So it's, it's different, but the secondary break, we really love. We have had a lot of success. What do you think? What percentage have you, have you tracked what percentage you score on primary and secondary? Yep. So our primary um, was, it was right around one point per possession, which is pretty nice. Yep. Um, and then when we we're slowing it down, when we we're just quick hitting and it was three or less passes, our points per percentage went down. And then what's kind of weird that we figured out is when it was more than, uh, four passes or three ball reversals are actually our points per possession went up. So we kind of learned our team is either quick score. Otherwise let's get some sides. And make it, the is that quick it. score in the secondary too, you think, or just the primary? Yeah, I think, well, our, yeah. So it'd be our second, it'd be our primary. Yep. Okay. So, and we run it basically as our primary. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, it's, it just, it's I, I, I talk, it's, this is just terminology. I talk primary break is you just go and you just boom, boom. Yep. Secondary is kind of, Yeah. So our secondaries, I get what you're saying. And our, so our secondary is on made, on made baskets is basically our primary. And primary. then on missed baskets, we run basically what you're saying. Like we get the shooters out to the corner, rim run. We have a trailer. That's, but that's, that's, yeah. I love that. That's a, that's a golden nugget for me is I think that's yep. like, Miss, you just go and you run your, I call them primary, secondary. Primary is just go. And then on a make, we're still breaking. We're just going to call it a secondary. Yep. We're just going to, because you're not going to get, you're not going to beat the other team down the court. Probably. Right. I've had teams that can, but um, on a make that's, I like that. I like that, that, that kind of shift of um, thought. Um, intriguing. All right. Yeah. I'm writing some notes. We down. run, we run some weird. No, we we run some weird uh, comeback action. We call it the ricochet, which I have no idea what we call it. But basically, the rim runner, if he doesn't get the ball within so many seconds or if it doesn't get to his side, he comes back. We pass him the ball, and we go to a dribble handoff out of it. Or we run like a drag screen. You know, like if the trailer is coming, he can drag screen it to get our, 
our point guard going downhill. Um, but what it all think of the, what do you think of the ball, all the ball screens happening at the high school level now? It's, it makes you prepare differently. Like, I mean, a lot of our, we're practicing all the time on how to guard the ball screen. We actually put in a ball screen continuity offense, like Oregon's women, just because we see it so much and we want to be able to defend it. And, and it's actually, it works solid. It works good for us. It's just, my philosophy is a little different than that. Typically. Like I like to see down screens, how to guard a pin down or how to guard a flare screen. I think there's more to the game. Um, What's your you thought know, on just, switching everything? Yep, yep. And it's and it's it's pretty easy to guard now that you're seeing more and more ball screen stuff. Where, you know, right now we're just switching everything and then we're tagging the roller. And it's it's honestly it's not that hard to guard. Um, it's but not, and know. here's my issue with it. Here's my issue with it. First of all, high school kids can't. There's they can't pass the the roll is hard enough pass for them as it is, yep. and then. And then, I, and then the coaches always come back, well, it's the mismatch. It's the 5'9 point guard. I go, well, how often do they post up the 5'9 point guard? Right. And then how often do they score on it? And how often is the pass good enough to actually get it to them? Like, <laughs> you know. Oh, no, it's true. We So in ours, we'll try to do that, you know, when it, the ball gets reversed and we try to go that high-low action out of it. And I mean, like you said, you're absolutely right. Like, how often does it happen? Maybe twice a game total. Maybe, and maybe, maybe. Yeah, that's yeah. And it's like, is it really worth that? Because if you don't switch it and don't do the other stuff, here, what we're thinking of doing is doing a lot of switching next year, because I yep. think it's something I can just take off the. We can just teach it, and now I can work on something else. Like, I'm yep. not worried about like, are we stepping over? How we how we def- no? You're switching this, and here's how we're gonna do it. Maybe we'll double sometimes, do some other things, but this is what we're doing with the ball screen. Done. Right. Like Yeah, and it's funny is you teach you teach your guard to really battle down low and dead front. And you have that backside help. It's believe it or not, they can actually guard the post a little bit. And, right. And they take yeah. it personal. Like especially the five nine point guard takes it personal. Like, what do you yeah. mean you know, it's I know, I, I agree. I, I just think it's one of those um it's just one of those things that yeah. I don't know. I just think it's. We started half, you know, the one problem I ran into when we were running ball screen continuity, if you didn't have the right player coming off that ball screen, they would blitz it and trap it and he would turn it over. So what we started doing is instead of being free throw line extended, we were bringing it up a little bit. And then our reversal guy was coming up to the NBA range just so we could get that automatic reversal. But, but a lot of times, I mean, we didn't, we, we, it's sad as we just basically put the offense in to stop it because we see it so much right uh, you know and then defensively too what we do is we see a lot of dribble drives so we start everything now it's different but we start everything kind of in the gaps or a pack line and then once it gets to a side then we try to keep it there and we'll deny i know and that's we'll, what we're that's what we're doing i think that's what we're going to do and we're actually going to do that a little bit out of a zone is our thought too um how do you how do you do that? Explain that. I'm kind of interested. And, and, and you do it out of it like a two, three or a matchup and you just keep yep. them on the side and it's the same thing. And you push them to that short corner yep. and, and it's a matchup, but it, it, it's one of those we're, we're working on it right now. I, I wouldn't, I would say it's like 70% where we want it to be right now. This is what yep. happens when you're not coaching. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, stuff. But um, I just think, it's, I think the yeah, rotations that's... will be, here's my issue. Cause we've run, yep. we've won pushed is, the rot- the rotations will be the the amount of space they're going to have to cover will be smaller yep. in the matchup 
You know what I'm saying? Sometimes yeah. it's that road, it's that not that first rotation, but that second one, and they're a half a step short, and that's what kills you. And that, and I think a matchup zone will take care of that. I do. Um, if you keep yeah. them on the side, um, again, well, then you just it's a work in progress. It. I would say it's not like yeah. it's not where I want where I where I would want to share it with anybody at this point, but right, I'm working right. on it. Um, well, we thought. You know, like the notes lately on the um, lock left defense by Dave Smart or by Tyler Carlson from right. Point Grey College. We kind of stole a little bit because you can shrink the court where it's, I wouldn't call it, we don't force it left or right. So basically it's just lock whatever, whatever side it goes to. Well, because if the ball Does goes ta- to Do the they field, lock it only to the left? They lock everything yeah. to Everything yeah. goes left? Yeah, and it's really unique. It's, it's nice. They shrink the court. And they said even if they have lefty players, it's just that they'll still lock it to the left and it's just basically to shrink the core. I think it's easier to lock it to a side. If it's on the right side, you just me too. Yeah, I do too. Again, they're getting more complicated because they don't coach the kids. You and I coach every day. I got them for three months. What are you talking about? Like, I can't, I gotta, I gotta pick. That's the issue with some of that stuff. In my opinion is like on paper, like with, with Rick and read and react. I said, Rick, I can't teach them 37 layers. (laughs) Right. I just came to it. Like, yeah. I mean, and I coach, I coach division. I mean, I don't have enough time with them. Like right. that's know, the issue with some of that, like lock left and all that stuff. It's like, it's all yeah. good, but until you do it. Yeah. The read and react. I liked it. Just, I didn't like the, the cut, the first layer. I didn't like the cuts out of it. Cause it was, it seemed like when teams only could get to that one or two layers, all they were is a, you know, basically a cutting team, you know, and it's, I don't oh, yeah, it's it's hard to get him past that first first. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. But I like the reading rack. Yeah, it was. I had some well, good players too. It's got. It, yeah, yeah. No pun intended. It really does. Uh, yeah. What uh, what do you do? How do you how do you structure practice? So we come in every day. We we sit down and talk. You know, kind of go through yesterday's because we'll watch film on. I don't watch a lot of film, but I watch a little bit on practice just to kind of see you know, their body language, see if they're paying attention, who's working hard, you know, maybe a couple of actions. He was really screening on certain angles and, you know, we'll talk a little bit about it, you know, about effort. And then we get right into practice. We start every day with a uh, shooting drill. It's called run and gun. And it's just basically, it's a time thing. It's four minutes and you're getting up the court shooting jump shots and laying it in. And we have to get so many in a minute or four minutes. Then we run it off if we don't get it. And typically if right now we're not allowed to have contact, but typically if they got the goal, we would play for five minutes. So we just turn it right into a live game because they earned well, it. What, do you, what can you do in, in Michigan now? Right now it's no context. So it's, it's all like for teaching, everything's five on zero. So it's, it's actually crazy where like when we're teaching our offense, we're putting five chairs up to be defense. When we're teaching our defense, we're actually just basically. Well, our, I'll, I'll beat you with our County. The teams that are playing in our County, 10 kids can't be within six feet of each other. Oh geez. So what do you guys, you just ball? Well, I'm not pl- I'm, we're not, pr- we're not playing. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're not playing, but the people that in our County that are playing can't yeah. pr- basically, you can't practice in County. Yeah. So they have to leave County to play and to practice. Man. I know we're, I'm hoping that it changes this week. I mean, first of all, it's supposed to contact was supposed to be allowed Monday and then they pushed it back to February. So when, when, when does tournament start for you guys? It's supposed to be March. They pushed that back to like March 17, 18. That oh, week. they pushed it back. Okay. But now they're talking about, well, now if we start February 21, I don't, I think we'll be able to get 10 games in at the most and then just go yeah. right into the tournament. 
that's a that's, that's what it's more, looking like. Yeah, because we have two really good seniors, which would be fun to have them go out with a bang, you know, and be I able know. to really. But it so, is what. It so is. going back to what we were talking about before sure. with the um with the lock left thing and stuff. So yep. what percentage of practices offense defense? How, how do you do that? Like oh, how sure. do you break that piece those pieces up? We kind of flip. That's flopper. what I'm talking we, about with like the yeah. lock left. It's great, but that's going to take yeah. a big chunk of my time. Yes, it does. So, I mean, bottom line is we get two hours a day. We try to do at least. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, jump up and down. Like I say, um, tell your friends. That would be a good thing. Yeah, sell it. Share this on social media. And then also go over and check out teachweeps.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.